and welcome to episode number 27 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast, recorded June 26, 2019. My name is not Eric. He is the host of the show. Uh, I'm Alan, and I'm sitting in for Eric tonight. Uh, based in southern Ontario, I hunt and have shot before, uh, not terribly active anymore. Um, Eric, however, is a ham radio operator, VE3EPN, and a computer geek. Uh, we are all fans of preparedness after having witnessed uh, reliance on emergency service throughout the uh, um, throughout major, uh, major and even minor events uh, in the area. Um, Ian is also not with us, so he will. Uh, he's been overwhelmed by the sudden fame of being a, an internet celebrity, and has taken some time off to uh, <laughs> deal with his emotional support alpacas. Um, we hope to see him again. However, last I heard, um, he would rather be with them than us. Can't say I blame him. Uh, right. My name's Alan. My friends and family call me a safety nerd. I have a background as a first responder, and I teach first aid, coach my friends and family to be better prepared. I'm a locksmith by trade. I've worked in the physical security industry for more than 20 years now. Awesome. Um, my name is uh, Hughes. Um, I'm from Canada's East Coast, uh, located in Nova Scotia. I'm a Canadian Forces Armed, uh, sorry, Canadian Armed Forces veteran, uh, current uh, volunteer firefighter and station chief, um, as well as a competition shooter and hunter. Um, yeah, that's me. Well, I'm Gavin. I'm a business owner, CCFR field officer, volunteer first responder as well. It seems to be a trend amongst these people. Here. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I may stop the bleed instructor and a firearms instructor with Ragnarok Tactical. And I also do some podcasting with, with Ian on the other CPP, which is Canadian Patriot Podcast, which I guess has led to his uh, inflated ego and all of his fame. <laughs> so well, sorry I mean, about that, guys. There's being famous, then there's being infamous. And uh, the same thing. Who we are. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we have some utilitarian content for you. Uh, we're going to start off with some news articles relating to the preparedness in the outdoors, let you know what we've all done lately to improve our preparedness, and then we'll get into our main topic, our personal EDC gear. Uh, looking through the news section, um, we'll just take a pass on that and fill it out later. You guys have something that they want to share with us that's, that doesn't have a link up. Going once? No. Going I do twice. not know. All right. Yeah. We're going to skip the news tonight because, well, frankly, it's all bad news. So yeah. uh, let's move on to what we've done lately for preps. Um, Eric and Ian are gone. Hughes, you got anything to add to that? Uh, yeah. So I guess uh, I just acquired um, a new uh, Ipsic gun. Um, so it's not really preparedness, but uh, it is a form of preparedness. So I uh, just acquired a uh, CZ Shadow 2. Um, along nice. with Excellent uh, choice. six mags. Yeah, I was shooting, I was shooting with an MP, MMP9 uh, 2.0, which was fine, but I wanted something. <laughs> I wanted to step up the game a little bit in terms of speed and reliability and all that. And um, I think, you know, when you look at uh, the sport of IPSC, um, you know, it's both a skill uh, and it's, it's yeah. having something tangible that you can use for other things other than competition shooting, right? Um, so yeah, that's what I did in the last week. Um, so I am uh, just waiting for that to, to arrive here. So that's what I did. Cool. Um, I uh, I have been getting ready for my first big camping trip of the season. I'm heading out to the East Coast uh, next week. Uh, so I actually won't be on the next episode because I'll be somewhere between Ontario and New Brunswick. Um, so getting uh, getting all my gear out, I absolutely love preparing for camping trips where I get to lay all my gear out on the garage floor and touch and play and decide what's going to go and what's not. So that's been taking up my time this week. How about you, Gavin? I've 
been all over the place the last couple of weeks, uh, so haven't really done a whole lot in, in prepping per se, but uh, I guess, you know, I've been sleeping out of the back of an SUV on a couple of trips down to Utah in all kinds of weird, awkward weather for this time of year. Um, cold, rain, 65 mile an hour winds, but uh, I, I, for one of the trips I was down there, I took a week-long tracking class. So, you know, that's kind of a neat little skill to have. So following footprints and stuff through different terrain. Um, and, you know, also making sure I can do all of my camping stuff still and trying to do that while still fitting it on a suitcase to take onto their plane can be pretty interesting. Cool. So you, you learn to get pretty minimalist. Uh, and then I was actually just down again in, in Utah this, this past weekend uh, working on my long range shooting skills. So I now have successfully shot out to a mile. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Was, uh, what, uh, what, do you, what do you what do you send down range that far? Like, what kind of what kind of? Projector? I have a uh, three three eight Lapua Magnum that I was using to to reach oh, wow. that distance. Yeah, it it kicks a little, so my shoulder is a little tender. At least it was the other day. It's not too bad today. <laughs> yeah, I spent uh, I spent last weekend in uh, doing firefighter training. So I was uh, we were doing survival training, which is like you know busting through walls. Crawling through tunnels with all of our gear on, so I, my like my arms are my arms and knees are just bad and <laughs> kind of the same kind of the same thing. Everything is sore, and I would go back and do it again in a second. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's. Uh, I guess it's time to move on to our to the main topic of our show. Um, what's what's in our pockets? Um, our, our everyday carry gear. So um, the way that we do it here in Canada is obviously a little bit different from the way our, our American friends do it. It's uh, some will say it's better, some will say it's worse. Um, Ian has his little, has his little list here. Um, but, uh, we're going to skip him cause he's not here. So, right. um, it's probably all kinds of stuff puts... to look after his alpaca anyways. <laughs> yeah. There's several, several brushes, a, a pick, yeah. uh, a, uh, like a, like a, an Afro pick, a, uh, yeah. um, some conditioner, some scissors. Um, so my gear, my gear is kind of layered with the stuff I keep with me all the time. Um, in my pockets, I always carry a lighter. Uh, I like a Zippo just because it's kind of, it's, you know, that one's been, that one was given to me as a gift many years ago and I, I, I'm partial to it. Uh, I have a small folder, which is a little buck knife. I got about 20 years ago at Canadian Tire for $6 and holds a, uh, holds an edge pretty well. And I've used it to fillet fish and split wood in the same day. And it's, it's, uh, um, does the job for me. Uh, I carry a little button cell flashlight that's about uh, about the size of my thumb. Puts out enough light. Probably the thing that I use the most out of anything. Uh, my car key. I don't carry a house key because I use a code for everything. Uh, my wallet and a watch. I always have a I always have a watch on. I prefer an analog watch because it doesn't need to do anything else. Uh, usually a pair of sunglasses and a ball cap nearby. Um, on top of that, I have in my lunch box, which goes with me everywhere, uh, CPR mask, pair of gloves. And a couple of pencil cases with goodies. So I have a multi-tool, which is a which is a Leatherman right now. Uh, I keep a headlamp, some spare batteries, all the charger cords that I that I might need to come across. I have a micro USB and a USB C and an iPhone cord. Uh, probably 20 feet of paracord, some band aids, uh, nail clippers, which I find I use more often for uh, pulling out splinters than anything else. Uh, needle and some silk thread, another lighter, uh, some Velcro, some little. Some, a little wrap of duct tape, uh, and duct tape there. Um, second pouch they have is um, another folding knife, something a little bit bigger, uh, a ferro rod, a magnesium stick. Not that I've ever had to use that in my, you know, urban to farmland 
life, but it's better to have and not need. Uh, a couple of razor blades, um, and, uh, sharpening stone, some water purification tabs, and of course more paracord. Uh, on top of that is like my car gear and my um, my car gear and my backpacks and stuff. But we've we've talked about that on on other episodes. So go back to the the what's in your trunk episode to see what I carry there. Cool. Um, I guess for me, it's, um, I mean, EDC has been kind of a passion of mine for probably, um, uh, probably five or six years now. So it, it kind of started off, I saw an account on Instagram about EDC and people were just kind of like laying out what was in their pockets and it got me thinking, you know, what's in my, my pockets and typical keys and stuff was kind of unorganized and all that kind of stuff. And I, anyways, that's, that's the time when I really started to get in. Uh, to get interested in, you know, what I was carrying and how I could make it better and how I could take a more minimalist approach. Um, so I'll, I'll share what's typically on me every day. Um, and then I do carry stuff in my truck. Um, I live in a rural area, so I, I don't walk anywhere. I take uh, my, my, my truck everywhere. So I've got a lot of stuff in there. So um, typically with, always with me is uh, my cell phone, obviously. Um, the great thing about this is that, you know, it's a communication device, it's a camera, it's a GPS, it's it's everything, right? Um, so that's the main thing I have on me. Um, I've got a really small, minimalist wallet. Um, I carry basically three credit cards that I use most often. I have my driver's license, my fire ID, and that's it. And it's really slim, really small. Again, this goes with the minimalist approach that I um, try to have. I also carry a folder. Um, this is a SOG. Um, sorry, a SOG Flash 2. So it's an uh, assisted open knife. I've had it for probably three or four years now, and it's been a great solid knife. Um, it's, um, it's a glass uh, reinforced nylon handle. Um, it's all stainless construction, so it's really solid. Never had to sharpen it yet. Really good knife. Um, I also carry my keys. So I do have a code for my front door, but I do have keys for other things. Um, so I've gone to the KeySmart. Um, and the great thing about this is instead of having just a keychain with a keys kind of dangle, they're all organized in this night, nice, neat little package. Um, so this is a key smart, highly rec- recommended. I think this is my second. Um, if I were to get another one, I'd probably get the titanium one just to get the weight down just, just a little bit more. Again, I'm always thinking about ways that I can reduce the weight, um, you know, make stuff smaller, lighter, faster. Uh, and finally, it brings me to my other set of keys. I know I've got two set of keys, but this one is the uh, key fob for my truck. Uh, which on it, it has a little tiny flashlight. Um, so I have a redundancy there. Um, I've got a Gerber shard tool, which is basically screwdriver, bottle opener, um, and all that kind of stuff. So that's the second one. And then I usually carry this flashlight on me at all times. It's a Thorfire that runs off a lithium uh, 14500 battery, but it will also accept a AA uh, should should I need that? Um, and then typically when I go somewhere for the day, um, in a in in my backpack, like if I have my laptop and headphones and all that kind of stuff in there, I have this Max Edition pouch, um, and in it is basically all I would need to kind of survive a little bit longer. Um, so it's got things like, sorry, screwdrivers, pry bars, another knife, um, USB charger. Um, it's got a battery pack, another flashlight, uh, multi-tool, um, just a number of tools that I find um, would be useful for uh, get it, it getting by for a day, especially when I'm traveling and all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously, if I'm traveling, um, I'll have to remove the knives and whatnot if I'm traveling by air, right? But um, that's basically it. I mean, that's what I carry on me every day. Um, this is what I typically carry on me if I have a backpack. So I'll have some redundancy inside the backpack. And then if I've got my vehicle within the vehicle, I've got a get home bag, uh, which I've gone over in another episode. 
um, as well as some miscellaneous tools that I keep inside the truck as well. That depending on the situation I find myself in, I can pick and choose what tools that I need uh, if I needed to abandon the truck at that point. So, yeah, that's for me. I see. I mean, I guess mine is kind of similar to, to, to both of yours. Uh, you know, I have my glasses with me because I kind of need them to see. They also double as my sunglasses because I hate carrying multiple pairs. You know, cell phone like everyone else, which comes in handy for all kinds of stuff. I also carry a pocket knife. Uh, currently, it's a um, Benchmade Griptilian. It's not the greatest. It's not the worst. It, it does the job. I often also have a fixed blade knife on me tucked away somewhere that's a custom knife um, that I had designed for me. I've usually got a multi-tool on me. I always have my pocket lockpick set on me because you never know when that's going to come in handy. Um, around my neck, I have a little tiny pouch that I carry some escape tools. So it's got a handcuff key, a shim for other locks, a little tiny piece of Kevlar cord to cut through things, a very, very, very tiny glow stick that gives you like just enough light if you ever need it. Um, I also usually have a, a mini IFAC on my ankle with a tourniquet, some rolled gauze, gloves, and a fox seal. Um, living in Toronto or the Toronto area, you never know when you may need that stuff. And then like you guys, in, in my car, I've always got like a full trauma bag and my 72-hour bag, which, you know, we've talked about in, in previous episodes. So, And when I'm in the U.S., because I can, I will carry my Glock 34 and a spare mag. So do you have, um, just a question on that, do you, you must have a concealed carry license from like New Hampshire or something or? Is Correct. It... Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, it's what a lot of people have, I guess, when they're, when they're in the States. Right. So, oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. And I found, I mean, over the years, um, you know, since this is stuff I carry with me every day and it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you go camping for the first time, you overpack and then you realize, you know, what you brought that you didn't yeah. need. And then the next time you kind of get smart and you're like, you know, I probably don't need this and I probably don't need that. And I found that as the years go by, um, what I carry on me every day has evolved, um, to, like I said earlier, become faster, lighter, um, have a smaller yeah. footprint and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I think, um, as I mentioned, we weren't on air yet, but, uh, to Gavin, I I've gone, you know, there's the utilitarian approach, which I think is the number one priority where you want to make sure that you have, um, solid gear that you're going to be able to use. Um, but the other part is, is the style of it. Right. So, um, I see a lot of people that are in the EDC community, um, go for style. And when I mean style, I mean, they'll have all one color gear, right? Like they'll have a, you know, black watch, black knife, black wallet, and all that kind of stuff. And um, that that kind of interests me as well. I'm not um, I'm not quite there yet because obviously I've got a blue key smart and you know a tan wallet and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think I think trying to mix the two, um, the utilitarian nature of what you carry on you every day in a style, um, is a good approach that might get other people into it as opposed to just looking at you know what you need to carry for what what tasks right. you may encounter, right? Oh, absolutely. There's a, there's a million different Gucci gear manufacturers out there that are making yeah, titanium, you know, stuff that's been painted or anodized or whatever they do to it to make it match everyone else's other stuff. And I mean, it's, it's crazy. Some of the stuff out there. Yeah. And it can get quite expensive. I mean, I know, yeah. you know, like a key smart will cost you 20, but if you get the titanium one, it's like a hundred bucks. Right. So yeah. it's kind of hard to justify shaving 20 grams for 80 bucks, but um, hey. When it comes to style, there's no, there's no grams equal ounces equal pounds, right? Yeah, exactly, right. So, 
it's so real cool, right? Like it's you don't need a, a titanium key smart, but it's cool to have one. Like yeah, uh, and so if you want one, don't deprive yourself of it. Just don't that, think that you need it because it's titanium because it's because it's light. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, I used to carry a whole lot more in my pockets, and what I found is that what I did was I started tracking um, over the days and weeks what did I actually use on a regular basis, um, and what I use all the time is a flashlight and a knife. Um, so do I, do I, can I, can I live without a lighter in my pocket? Absolutely. I don't need a lighter in my pocket. I don't smoke. Um, but just, it's something, it's something that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I also have, and it's actually not in my pocket at this exact moment, but I have a, um, a quarter that was given to me by a friend. Um, it was, uh, his, his son was about 10 years old and he put it, uh, he put this quarter in a bearing press. And kind of distorted it so it was a kind of like a semi, like a like a little bowl or a semicircle. And what he did, he did that kind of just for fun one day, and he showed one of his friends at school. And his friends all buy that from me. He thought it was really neat. And so he he bought it. He sold that quarter for a dollar. Okay. Just because he had done something cool with it, um, and then somebody else wanted one, and so he was he he had this little business going at school of selling quarters for a dollar. And it's it just, a bad gig, yeah. It's not. It's not at all, right? And it was just. It's yeah. just one of those reminders. He, he, he. I, I bought one from him. Um, this was, you know, down in Tennessee uh, a couple of years back. I bought one from him because I admire, I admired that he was using that to make. To, to, to he found a he found a, a need and he and he made something that people wanted and they were buying it from. And so I bought one from him. It's kind of it's lived in my pocket ever since. And it's just kind of that reminder that. Um, to, to look at look at a situation a little bit differently and you might see an outcome right you might see something that you didn't see before because you know selling a selling a quarter for a dollar if somebody said i sell quarters for a dollar i'd laugh at them and say yeah. what kind of yeah. you're sell an idiot to? yeah but you make it, you make you know the, but then the pet rock made a million dollars yeah so um so there's you know it's it's just one of those it's it, there's no practical purpose to it it's just something i can play with in my pocket I, um you know but it's it, it's it's that just that constant reminder in my pocket that there's there's an opportunity in everything uh you just maybe have to look at it a little bit differently so that was that was kind of my thing i, I kind of shaved down what was in my pockets to like the bare essentials and that was uh and and that one thing but uh i used to carry a, i used to carry like two or three different multi-tools on me and like a four inch folding knife and what i realize is that what i do for myself most days is i take that folding knife and i cut boxes open with it yeah and that's uh or, you made a good point about the, the lighter there because i know when i uh when i first started getting into edc and looking at you know what type of tools i can carry i started carrying a lighter and i think it was a zippo was the first one and then i i probably carried that on me uh, for about a year and I'm not a smoker and I don't think I ever used a lighter in a year. So eventually I decided to shed, um, shed the weight and then kind of look at like more of the model of, you know, two is one, one is none, which is when I went into the redundancy piece. Right. So, um, obviously, you know, the, the one time I'm going to need a light, that light's going to fail. Either it's not going to work. Um, either there's going to be, you know, water ingress and it's dead or the battery's dead. So I looked at getting, you know, the one flashlight I carry in my pocket, that little tiny flashlight I carry on my keychain. And then really I've got the flashlight that's on my phone as well, right? So looking at the tools I really need, as you mentioned, Alan, it's, you know, a flashlight and a knife. Um, and that's typically, you know, I've always got that one knife on me. Um, I've got a second knife. I probably have two or three knives in my, my, my truck, but I've got a couple, couple knives in the truck. I've got a knife, uh, two knives actually in my EDC pack here that I typically carry in my uh, backpack if I go anywhere. Um, so, you know, I've got that those levels of redundancy 
that if I lose something, break something, I mean, I've, you know, it's happened to me before where I set something down and it's, it's gone. Right. So, um, sure. I think, I think to me, that's the important part. And I think that's a lesson you can only learn with experience about, you know, it's, it's nice to think that you're going to need it, but if you haven't used it in a year, you really have to ask yourself the question, you know, yeah. do I, do I really need to carry this on me or can I put it? And actually the Zippo is, is in this pack now. So I don't carry them on, on my person specifically. It's in this, which goes in my backpack. So still, I still have it. Uh, but not typically within arm's reach if I don't have the backpack, right? Well, so, and one of the things I like about the Zippo specifically is that even even if the if there's no fuel in it, and I mean, you know, I fill my I fill my Zippo on Sunday nights religiously. Yep. It's part of my habit, part of my routine. Um, but even if it fails, if you pull the cotton out of the bottom, the the striker will still work, and you can still use it to you can still use it to make a fire. So that was one of the one of the my justifications to myself, anyways, for using a Zippo over something that's maybe a little bit more reliable in terms of fuel. Uh, is that that will work under it will it's more reliable under more circumstances. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also point. some some built-in trade value on a Zippo as a paired composed like a you know a Bic lighter or something like that. If you ever needed to to bar, trade in barber for something, um, absolutely. And, and and despite the fact I don't normally carry a lighter, but I try to. I don't just forget because I've already got too much other crap in my pockets. Uh, but from a social aspect. A lighter is a great thing to carry because you can use that to, to spark up conversation. Uh, not, no pun intended on that one, but uh, it, it comes in handy in, in that aspect too. Not just a survival one, but just a you know, if you see somebody there that's looking for one, you can light their cigarette, which then gives you an in to talk to them and do all kinds of other stuff. Um, so it's a different way of looking at things. I mean, I know I carry maybe a little bit more stuff that I don't use all that frequently, and hopefully never do. But I try to do that so that when I'm in a situation where I need it, I always have it on me. Because if I start not carrying it, that's going to be the time that I do need it. Because, yep. um, I mean, I travel well, a fair bit and sometimes to weird places and things like that. So, yeah, yeah and, and, and the lighter is within reach. Yeah, yeah, the lighter is a good one because, I mean, you know, if you think about the secondary, I mean, obviously the, the primary use would be to start a fire or, you know, light something on fire. But the secondary use is um, a light source, right? So, I mean, if you've only got yeah. one light on you, um, you've got the Zippo as a secondary light source. Um, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not going to be, you know, a, an LED flashlight, right? But I mean, yeah. in in a pinch, it'll it'll still work, right? So. Yeah. I mean that in like a so I mean I've done a lot of weird um, social engineering type classes and things like that, and yeah, lighters and, and cigarettes, even if you don't use them yourself, are great things to carry on you. So if you are traveling in weird places and you ever need to like grease the wheels, you may need you know, want to consider carrying that stuff in that certain circumstance, maybe not at home, but, you know, mm -hmm. if you're traveling abroad, especially, you know, in Europe, in South America, where, where smoking is more prevalent, it's a, it's a great way to sort of, yeah, grease the wheels and get things moving when, when needed as a little bribe that's not also, a bribe. Also ease tensions, right? If somebody's, if somebody's yeah, an addict and they're, they're, they're looking for a fix, if you can solve that fix, give it they're less likely to take your wallet yeah absolutely here's a question for you guys as well um one thing i didn't hear anybody mention uh so far is cash do you guys do you guys still carry cash on you everywhere you go i try to but yeah and and yeah, the thing is, is uh yeah i mean i like you know i, I carry i i've gotten the bad habit of like ditching the wallet uh, because i've got you know google pay on my phone which is accepted almost everywhere now and 
Um, I've got a picture of my driver's license front and back, which, uh, you know, I've got friends that are police officers and they said, you know, as long as you have that, we can look up a license in the system anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. Right. Um, so yeah. I've gotten to the point that I've gotten the bad habit of not carrying my wallet, which I don't carry any cash. And then you get to into these situations that it's cash only or the debit machines down or something like that. So I just want to hear your thoughts on carrying cash. And I'm kind of the same way. I, I, I thought I heard that. Um, you know, you, you try to, but you don't always have an opportunity to. And I guess I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I find that it's if, if I idea. have cash, I spend it. Yeah. 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 I, so I, I went, I went through this one time and it was kind of my reason to not spend, not buy things with cash. Um, I was, I was in a small town and I went to the, uh, went to the gas station, put, you know, gave the cashier $40 in cash, went to the, went and pumped, went and hung gas, hung up the pump, drove away. Um, five minutes later, there was a, uh, there was a, a pickup truck following me, blocked me in where I was parked and came up and said, Hey, you drove off without paying for that gas. And, uh, no, I gave her, I gave her 40 bucks in cash and then pumped $40 in gas and then left. But it was my word against hers at that point. And this person did not remember me doing it. Oh, wow. Um, so, so that became, that's, that's, that was one of my, one of my reasons to always pay for something with plastic. Cause even if I lose the receipt, there's a, yeah. there's a digital transaction. Yeah. yeah. And that's, a, that's a good point. Cause I mean, you get a lot of, um, not, I wouldn't say a lot, but you get some people in the prepper community that are against using plastic because then, you know, people could track your movements and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, if you've got a cell phone or any, like a car you're getting, or anything, yeah. yeah. And these are the people, you know, they're, they're saying, well, I, I don't use a credit card because they can track me, but they're using an Android phone, right? It's like, well, <laughs> if you're yeah. worried about them tracking you through your trans transactions, they probably know where you are right now anyway, right? Yeah, so. I mean, I, I, yeah, I try to have cash, but one thing I have learned uh, in some of these weird social engineering classes, people will give you money if you ask them in the right way. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, we did an experiment on one of these things. I was down in Tulsa and I stood on the street corner for an hour asking for people to make donations to injured service animals. And I made uh, $50 in an hour. That That's $50, yeah, $50 U.S. So if I were to be able to do that as a job. It's like 1200 Canadian. Yeah. That is, that is more money than I make, like, after taxes if I, you know, extrapolate that out. And, you know, I Absolutely. would say I'm surprised, but a couple of years ago, I remember a friend of mine who was a police officer, he uh, he was doing traffic control downtown Halifax, and uh, he watched a, uh, a pain handler or somebody on the street corner yeah. basically begging for money, and he's like, you know, people were putting $5 bills, $10 bills, a lot of it was oh, yeah. knees and toonies and all that kind of stuff, and anyways, he talked to them afterwards, and the guy said, you know, I probably made about 100 bucks in the last hour. And he said, yeah. you know, if if you go to a couple street corners, you know, you work three or four hours, you're making three, four hundred buck bucks a day. I mean, oh, yeah. And this was in the middle yeah. of, you know, the the when we were down in Tulsa, it was during the NCAA basketball stuff. For yeah. those of you that care about that, so it was kind of a busy area, and we were in that area. But where we were, because the game was on, there wasn't that many people about. So I mean, fifty bucks in an hour bucks, of me yeah. putting not a, like a no effort, but not, you know, harassing every person I saw. So I, I quickly learned that like carrying cash and, you know, at least a very urban setting is not really something that's needed per se. You know, if you go more rural and, you know, technology isn't quite as up to the same standard, then it becomes a little bit more. I mean, you still need some, but I, I've certainly learned that there, there are ways to get it if you need it. And yeah. And I found I've been, uh, I haven't been great at keeping cash on me, but I always keep cash in a vehicle. 
Yeah, um, I always especially keep it. you know I I keep yeah. I don't know I I think I keep about a hundred bucks, but I mean that's enough that you know if I'm without my phone, without my wallet, yeah. um, and I need gas, you know, hundred bucks will yeah pretty close to yeah. fill my tank, right? So you know, it'll give me six or yeah. seven hundred kilometers range if I need it. Um, yeah, but yeah, or for paying for parking is I find the one thing that I'm always yeah, doing. I've, you go, uh, you I go somewhere and almost... cash only. Well, oh wait, I've got a couple of bucks, and I usually keep it in the the eyeglass holder thingy in the in the roof yeah, yeah. out of sight uh and most people forget that that's there so if you ever try to break into my car don't look there i don't keep that. <laughs> uh, get five bucks there yeah but yeah i know i find that a great spot to to keep it because it's that's also not a bad way to get cash is just stand stand in a parking lot wave people in charge them 10 bucks a car yeah, <laughs> yeah. um that, can... that happens that happens in uh that happens around around event centers is, absolutely you know, put one of those uh, orange and yellow construction vests on and stand yeah, there absolutely. doing that make yeah. a killing yeah yeah, you really really easy way to make fifty bucks in half an hour as everybody comes as everybody comes up. So, or you can stand in um, front of pretty much any bar and people will think that yeah. you're a bouncer and do the same. Yeah, yeah. ten dollar cover tonight, especially, guys. Yeah, especially if you are a large person wearing a black shirt. Yeah, not that I'm you know suggesting people do that, but sometimes sometimes needs overcome overcome desire. Yeah. Right? Exactly, which is also why I don't give money to anyone now <laughs> when they ask. Yeah. They know how how easily yeah. it is that you can fool people. Absolutely. Can I have a receipt for that? No. Okay. Well, you're not getting my cash then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll uh, I'll throw this out here. If you what what's missing from your your perfect EDC kit? I'll uh, I'll be straight up. I mean, I live in Canada, and um, the fact that I can't open or conceal carry a firearm is the one thing that. Um, I think is missing. Uh, I don't think the I don't think the legality around it's going to change anytime soon or ever uh, in this country. Yeah. But um, I think that's the one thing that if I were uh, given the opportunity to legally um, open or preferably conceal, um, I don't like to draw attention. Uh, but you know, if I if I had that ability, that's definitely something that I would do. Um, again, I mean, I'm not I'm not one to seek out uh, seek out a fight. Um, but you know, if I was put in a corner. I, I would rather have it than not have it, right? I don't throw the first I, punch, but I'll be damn sure if I'm going to throw the last one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with you. That is definitely something I would I would prefer in Canada, but I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. And and having done it in the U.S., I, I've certainly, in certain areas where I've been, have had some peace of mind knowing that I can provide my own protection. I'm not going to rely on people that are, you know, three minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes or, or longer away. You know. Yeah. And the thing is, is you know, old, my saying, right? When seconds count, the police are only minutes away. Yeah. yeah. And my mentality around that is, you know, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And I mean, you know, we yeah. can probably talk about this until the cows come home, but you yeah. know, to Alan's point is, you know, whether you live in an urban area or, you know, a suburban or a rural area, um, you know, the police response is probably quicker in downtown Toronto than it is in rural no, no yep. Scotia, right? But the thing is, is you know, if you have an active shooter, um, you know, obviously this is probably something that's been thought out, and they probably have the means to um, inflict yep. a lot of harm before the police do get on scene. Yeah, um, I mean, I would just like to have the option, and then you know, and I think everyone should. And if you feel that that's not for you, then you just don't do it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's the thing too is is you know when the, when when you look at fight or flight, I think. You know, I can't, I can't tell you how I would react in that. I mean, I could tell you how I would like to react in that situation, yeah. but until you're put in that situation, you can't, you can't honestly say how you're going to react, especially if you yeah. haven't been immersed in 
um, you know, combat or anything like that. But, you know, my first reaction would be to get out of there, right? Yeah. Uh, but obviously, if, if I don't have a choice, if I'm backed into a corner, I don't have an escape route. Um, I would like to have the option, you know, unfortunately. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the mantra we've always done when I've done any sort of training related to that kind of stuff is always run, hide, and then fight. Yeah. Because those are the things that are going to get you away and not get you hurt. And then the other one is always a last resort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's nice to try to be the hero and all that kind of stuff. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, if, if you're faced with that situation and we're talking about an active shooter, whether that be in a public place or a mall or something like that, um, you know, you're, you're probably going up against somebody who's got a lot more firepower than you. Um, you know, chances are they're probably not armed with a handgun. They're probably armed with, you know, an AR-15 or something like that. And, um, you know, going up against that with the handgun, if you don't have to, don't, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the one thing. Um, I think that, I mean, everything else is pretty much fair game here in Canada, uh, at least if you call it a tool and not a weapon. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's a key really part of that. Yeah. 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 yeah, you can't say, hey, officer, I've got a weapon on me. It's a knife. No, you say I've got a tool. I use it to, op- use it to yeah. open boxes and, you know, cut tape and all that kind of stuff, right? And um, yeah. I know I know there's other things like um, have. Uh-oh, maybe we lost him. Uh-oh. Um, things uh, yeah. like a, collapsed, oh, a collapsible <laughs> asp, um, you know, pepper spray and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know, if you call it dog deterrent or bear spray or, you know, the collapsible bat- baton is kind of a gray area, but, you know, if you don't call it a defensive tool and you just call it a tool, then, um, yeah, it's it's all yeah. about how you frame it, right, and, and what you do with it, essentially. Yeah. Well, that, that becomes a big thing. We kind of talked about that in the lockpicking episode too, right? Like it's it's only illegal if you use it illegally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that, yeah, that brings are... up a a really good thing I wanted to, to touch on briefly. But continue saying it. It just reminded me. Sorry. Well, it, and all I was going to say was like lockpicks and lockpicks and baseball bats are kind of the same thing. It's only illegal if you yeah. use it illegally, and if you do, it's a really bad thing. But if you have uh, if you have a reason, a reason to have that and a reason to use it, and you do so in an appropriate manner, which is what we're advocating here, right? We're not, yeah. not. I don't carry a knife in my pocket to go stab somebody because I'm because I'm upset. I carry a knife in my pocket because uh, I like to slice my apple at lunch, and I like to uh, I, I cut boxes open with it. Right? That, that's what that's what that tool. And is sometimes about. the looks you get, like you know, sometimes I I I have to think a little bit more before I act. Like a couple weeks ago, I was at McDonald's with my daughter, and you know, we're trying to get the yogurt tube open. And it's not happening, so I flip out the, you know, the the my sog knife here, uh, and I cut the top of the yogurt tube off, and I put it back in my pocket. And I look, and there's somebody staring at me, like, you know, I've got three heads. Yeah, like you're some like, sort of psycho, because yeah, because I, <laughs> I use <laughs> your daughter <laughs> eater. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But you have to put yourself in in you know uh, yeah. the day in which we live in, in the country in which we live yeah. in, and these things are going to offend some people, and. Again, I'm not one yeah. to draw attention to myself, which is why I, you know, if I was given the option between open or conceal, definitely gonna go for the conceal option because, yeah. you know, I spend some time working in Texas, and you know, in Texas, it's you know, it's a lot more accepted there. But even but, people walking around open carrying, they draw a lot of that. They draw a lot of attention but, to themselves. Yeah, um, I had the same thing. I was in in uh, Shoppers Drug Mart the other day because I had to pick up a package from the little post office in there. And I got the package and on my way out, I'm still walking through. I pull out my pocket knife, flick it open and start opening the box. And everyone's just kind of looking at me weird. I'm like, oh, right. 
For a second there, uh-huh. Gavin, I thought you were going to say I was in Chopper's Drug Mart and I was concealed carrying. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was only in Walmart. He would never admit to that in recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was only in Walmart last weekend, but I was in Utah where that's allowed. So, yeah. So, no, that's the. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a good point right and and you know not i think i think part of the prepper mindset is you know not drawing attention to yourself right yeah um, and i mean i advocate it in different ways it's like you know i've seen people with like and i digress a little bit here with like you know their 72 hour bag or their their get home bag yeah and it's a super tactical bag and it's like you know what in my opinion that's probably going to draw unwanted attention just use like just use a book bag right i mean it's it's yeah. probably not as sturdy it's probably not as you know uh operator-ish but you're probably not going to draw as much attention to yourself you're going to be able to blend in a lot better better right so yeah well you know Man, I, just... I have the same i have the same theory about those max expedition packs they look really cool and they're really functional but they also draw a lot of attention i see one of those and i know there's somebody that's got a lot of gear in his pockets yeah whereas in knows, pencil case like a dollar store yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it just it's just pencil case. They're walking around with a three, four hundred dollar tactical backpack. You got to wonder what's what's in that backpack, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. And the guy, so they look cool. The guy could know what he's doing, or it could be a poser, right? Who knows, right? But either way, yeah. you're drawing attention to yourself. It's still somebody to yeah. pay attention to. Yeah, but yeah, one thing uh, the, the lockpicking thing reminded me of is uh, so you guys are saying that you use those those key smarts or the key bar and things like that. Um, and those are great. And, and one of the reasons why they're really great is because they help hide your keys slightly because Absolutely. Uh, you can now just take a photo of a key and have it printed at a kiosk. So from yeah. a personal security I, standpoint, I've been doing that for a living for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we did a thing on that and uh, with the new crazy, you know, pocket size cameras that have like a 30 time optical zoom guys. I know that red team for a living, have literally used that, you know, garbage, like it's like a Minolta that, you know, isn't that expensive, but with the optical zoom, they could be across the street and take a photo of something extremely close. So people have left their keys sitting on a table when they go get their coffee in the morning and they have taken photos of those keys because that's the target of the building they need to get into for work and made a copy of that key from a photo from very far away. So Yep. That's a good point because I mean I was just looking at mine here and you know for those that are just on the audio but yeah like it yeah that's a really you, you good can't point. See I mean it, it hides it hides the yeah. bidding on the key right it, so you know and yeah it gets sounds super paranoid and all that and but that's the kind of weird classes that I take is learning how to do exactly what those guys do for a living yeah and you know that unfortunately that's the world that we live in and you know they will exploit things like that so also well, if you have to wear one of those. Practical. Yeah, if you have to wear one of those badges for work when you go out for lunch, maybe don't wear that either. Put it in your pocket. Nope. Because they do the same thing those, with those. those can actually, and those can actually be cloned um, yeah, pretty readily. Yeah, pretty easily, right? Um, yeah. any, any, place, any place that can copy car keys can clone those badges for you. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of places, if, even if it doesn't have the RFID, it's just you wear a badge with a photo on it. They go and they do the same thing. They take photos of those things from far away and then just laminate a plastic thing with their photo over place of yours and yep. you can walk around because i mean they look like they belong as long as they don't need to open a super secret door they're fine well i was going to say it probably falls into the social engineering piece where you know you yeah. have you have a car that's obviously you know uh fake yep. but if you walk up to security and you say oh yeah my car's not working anymore 
And if you yeah. have something that looks like the real deal, chances are they can issue you a temp a temporary pass. Isn't Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the best security measures in the world are, are foiled by social engineering, right? You just have to get one person. Well, yeah. The the more high tech the uh, the security, the more primitive or the more vulnerable it is to primitive attack. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, the the human the human element takes a uh, takes a huge toll yeah. there. So it's funny because just uh, a couple of minutes before we joined the uh, the podcast, I was watching a video on YouTube of all places, and it was basically a guy that it was in the UK, and he's like, I wonder what types of places I can walk in with their different tools and different vests. And what he was doing was putting on like an orange vest and a construction helmet, and he literally walked every he walked oh, into yeah, any place imaginable. He Walked in the concerts. Yep. He walked into yep. you know stadiums like through security. He just looks like he belongs. Oh, yeah. walk, there. No walk ID. A purpose carry a clipboard. You can get anywhere. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. there was one where he walked. He he walked towards a stadium with like a ladder, and they just waved him on through because he looked like he yeah. belonged there, right? So well, then I mean, so when when I do my volunteer first responder stuff, we have uniforms on. They don't say police on them. They have big giant patch on the back that says search and rescue. Yeah, and we can pretty much do whatever we want while we wear those uniforms. Not that we do, but like if I wanted to walk out in the middle of the street and shut down an intersection wearing that, I can do that. Yeah. It's yeah. people, people it do like an authority figure, right? So yeah, even though I have zero authority whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, agreed. So but. one other, one other thing that, that kind of just occurred to me in terms of um, what I do every day uh, is, is my shoes. Um, my default just because of what I do for a living is I put, I, I tend to wear, um, steel toe shoes that have, um, you know, decent, decent cushioning. I can walk for, walk for hours in them, um, throwing back to my, uh, my, my days in the big box retail. So that's just one other kind of one other thing to, to be aware of is, oh, yeah. you know, the things you layer good, yourself. Good, with. good shoes are key to any day. Yeah. yeah, it's just just one of those one of those things to pay attention to. Like, what what's your environment going to be, and how are, you know? I have some some really excellent like you know original SWAT winter boots that keep me super warm and dry in the winter, and I can walk for days in them. And I wear them when I go hunting, and I wear them when I go you know when I'm going to the hockey yeah. rink because they keep my feet warm. But that's a really good point. The stuff, yeah. There you go, because they're gonna they're gonna make my feet sweat. So, um, just you know, another another thing to kind of be aware of is you know match your match your like match your clothing to your environment and your tasks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that that will that will go a long way. And if you can't, right, you know, I, I there are lots of days that I wear dress shoes because you know some days I get to be fancy. Um, but if I'm gonna wear dress shoes, I've got a pair. I got a good pair of running shoes and a good pair of steel toe boots in the, in my car, so that if I do break down and have to walk somewhere. I'm not going to tear my feet up. Yeah. Uh, I found, um, uh, yeah. So sometimes, I mean, especially in the summertime, I'll wear things like sandals and, you know, flip flops and all that kind of stuff. But I do keep a pair of um, steel toed hiking boots in my truck with a good pair of socks so that, you know, if I'm somewhere with the truck and I know that I've got to abandon the truck and I've got to walk, you know, I'm going to ditch the flip flops and put it on the hiking boots. Right. So although I probably don't have them on me, uh, on my feet at all times, I've got them within the vehicle. And again, it, you know, where I go, um, chances are the vehicle's not that far away because living in a rural area, I can't walk anywhere, right? Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, my my car's always within always within about thirty steps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or it's parked, you know, it's parked outside, or it's at home, and I'm you know within within probably five kilometers of of being at home. So that's yeah, yeah. In, in so tailoring your gear to your to your environment, right? If I yeah. lived in downtown Toronto and I walked everywhere, then I would then I would pack my 
I would pack my life really differently because I would I would contain everything to a backpack instead of the trunk of my car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a friend of mine has a great quote from one of his uh, commanding officers when he was younger: uh, "Any idiot can be cold, wet, and lonely." Lonely. So yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah, doesn't take a whole so. lot of skill to be unprepared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a good point uh, when you uh, you mentioned Alan about you know people living downtown downtown Toronto and walk everywhere. Um, I know when I go to work uh, in Toronto, it's basically just uh, myself in my backpack. And that's, that's where I put a lot of my stuff is, is in the backpack because where I go, that backpack goes, it's either with me at the hotel or it's, you know, with me at the restaurant or at work. Um, so I've got an ability to carry a lot more gear in, in that backpack. And again, I've, I've taken a minimalist approach and looking at how much, you know, how can I shed weight? Uh, because the difference between a 20 pound backpack and a 10 pound backpack is huge, right? Uh, Absolutely. But that, that's a really good opportunity if you're carrying a backpack with you around every day. The amount of gear you can you you can carry in there, especially if you're smart about it, um, right. and you're smart about the gear you you acquire, and you make sure that it's it's as light as possible. Because I think it was Alan or, or Gavin that 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 mentioned that you know like you know grams turns into ounces and ounces into pounds, right? And it's, uh, it's not that long before you got. Well, anyway, there's there's a phenomenon out there about your backpack. So when you're choosing your bag, base it on on the gear you're going to carry because we have this we have this the need to have a bag to fill it so well our, our, yeah. our ability to carry gear expands uh in direct in direct correlation with the size of the bag that you have um yeah. so if you if you are you know if you want to be a minimalist get a smaller <laughs> bag so that you can't overfill it yeah, yeah. that's a good point because i mean if you're walking around with a 45 liter day pack um you know you, you can fit a lot of stuff in there but you actually need all that stuff Probably not. Absolutely no, not. Right? You, you will fill it. And that, yeah. that is from personal experience. You will fill that. Yeah. But that's also why I have so. way too many backpacks. Yeah. Well, I, I have uh, probably 20 different, 20 different bags that I can. I, I'm bad for that too. I'll yeah. see a new backpack that, you know, it's just a little bit different than the last one and a little bit smaller. Yeah. It's got a special compartment. I'm like, oh, I got to have that. Right. And I kind of complain yeah. about why my wife has like so many shoes and here I am with like 10, 15 backpacks. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I 100% have more shoes than my fiance. She, she's very practical that way. I have so many steel toe shoes and boots. It's it's almost not funny, but it kind of is. I, I'm, the search I'm a, for the perfect I, backpack is never never exactly over. right. And like yeah, 20, 20 <laughs> different backpacks, like 10, 15 or twenty different duffels, and um, I could I could pack my entire my entire house, my entire life into the bags that are within that within the house, and probably still have bags to spare. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. I found too. Um, so I used to travel to Asia for work a lot, and um, what I considered my EDC was, you know, I had basically like my backpack and I had a carry-on bag because I was only gone for a few days at a time. Um, and I found that, you know, I really had to tailor what I was carrying on me, not to where I live, but to essentially to where I was traveling. So I think you really have to take into account where you're going to. So you have to think about things like the local currency. Uh, adapters yeah. for your power devices, uh, a Absolutely. money belt. I mean, and a money belt because I mean, you know, I would carry most everything in my money. You know, and I've got a Nexus and a passport, so I could fly with either. So I would keep, you know, my Nexus card in the belt, keep the passport out. If somebody were to rob me and take take the passport, that's fine. I'll report it to the consulate. I still have a Nexus card that I can get back into Canada without any issues, right? So just kind of thinking, yep. having the mindset of, you know, I don't I don't need to carry a money belt um, where I am here on the East Coast in, Can in uh, Canada, but traveling, if somebody were to take my backpack, if somebody were to rob me, um, I'm in a foreign country, um, you know, at least if I, if they take what's in the bag, you know, they, they hopefully think that, you know, the, yeah, five, the 500 bucks that they took is everything when we're really, really, I probably have another three or 400 bucks on me enough to get me to, 
a bank or back to my employer to say, hey, I just got robbed. Yeah, I, I need some help here, right? So yeah. one of those one of those tips that I learned um, through someone else's experience is to carry a fake wallet if you're going to do that. Um, use your decoy wallet, and if somebody demands your wallet, throw it throw it behind them. They're going to go after the wallet. Gives you an opportunity to create space and get out. And if you're yeah. the wallet, um, you're not going to lose a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. put a few put a few dollars in it, um, and yeah. they get something, and you don't lose anything. Yeah. Put a you know put some old credit cards that have long since been canceled. You can in there. You know, you can. Part. Yeah. Or you just get, you used gift cards. That if all the money has yep. been taken off of them, they look enough like credit cards. You know, especially yeah. if they're like old the Visa gift cards. cards. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I never yeah. thought about a decoy wallet. Yeah. When you were saying a second yeah. wallet, I was just thinking a lot of times when I travel, I um, I carry a second cell phone, um, which is just basically like um, just so when you give to customs when you go through, yeah. you can unlock. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, There's yeah, nothing on here. Phone. Yeah. Uh, but no, I just carry, you know, like it's, I think it's like an iPhone six. Um, I, I picked it up for work a long time ago because I had to test stuff on Android and an iPhone. And right now it's just, uh, you know, an iPhone that has some accounts attached to it, to it. But if something happens to my main phone, either it's lost, stolen, smashed, yeah, anything like that, I've, I've got a backup and, um, you know, I've got one of these, uh, travel Sims in it that, um, you know, you pay per use, right? So if I needed it, yeah. like right now it's not costing me anything, but if I need to activate it. You know, it's a little bit more expensive than your your home sim, but um, at least within a few minutes, you're back up and running with a, a second phone, right? So yeah. I think I, I wouldn't advocate having two phones on you every day unless you need it, but um, having a second cell phone when you travel, because that could be your lifeline, right? Yeah. Um, one one other thing I've learned while, while traveling and, and doing some other weird stuff like that is those uh, writable RFID tags can come in very handy for taking information with you in a less than obvious manner. Um, as long as you've got a phone that can, you know, read it. So most of the Samsung phones have the, the NFC capability. Yep. So you can put these things and you can stick them on your stuff or, you know, somewhere that's sort of fairly discreet because it's literally just a sticker. Um, and if you need to put, you know, your bank account and stuff like that, you can do that okay. on it. And then, you know, if you're ever in a situation where that stuff goes missing or you need this or that or, you know, prepaid calling cards apparently is the big ones in prisons. Okay. Um, they do that with RFID stickers uh, with calling card stuff for prisons and um, what's the uh, Bitcoin and stuff like that. You can you can do all that stuff to trade currency and information in a less than obvious manner. And yeah, if you just put emergency stuff that you don't necessarily remember because you don't use it all the time, yeah, you can stick it on that and you stick it on something and it's inconspicuous. And then when you need it, you just touch your phone to it and it pulls up the information that you need. That's a really good idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Another thing I thought about is uh, talk about the, the key smart. I see that uh, obviously they're always evolving and coming out with some new products. Yeah. And one of them is you can get a key smart that has uh, a tile tracker in it. Um, and, and that's obviously good if you are somebody who's prone to losing your keys, cause then you have the tile built into it where you can actually locate your keys using your phone. But one of the ones I'd be more interested in is having the one that has a built in USB key. Um, and the thing is, is I've, uh, for a long time, I've always had a USB key at my disposal that has an encrypted file on it. So if somebody finds a USB key, it's useless, um, cause the file's encrypted, but it would have things like some personal documents, like, you know, copies of my driver's license, um, <laughs> Thanks. When you when you mentioned the banking info, that's what that brought it up. Because I yeah, I, I did do the same on my cell phone. I've got I've got all of my 
passport, driver's license, yeah. health card. Exactly. Um, so even yeah. if you don't have the physical card, I mean, if you've got the number, a lot of times it can pull up the, the account. But I mean, I, I used to have that on yeah. USB key. So if something happened to my phone, you know, I've got I've got the number, the phone number to contact American Express to say, hey, my wallet's been stolen. Yeah. I need a card shipped to me. Or, um, you know, I could I could pull up my health card information. So if, if I'm in Ontario and oh, I need yeah. to go to the hospital, here's a health card. You know, I don't have yeah. it on me. I have, I, have my, I have my, like, the OHIP card for my kids on my phone so that... Yeah. Um, so there you go. If I don't have if I don't have their card with me, then I can still you know, they, yeah. I can still. Oh yeah, I can't tell you. I mean, I I use that thing constantly, and the one that I use the most is my passport because I, I travel a lot, and I'll be like, oh, it's time to check into my flight. Oh, I got it. Shit, I don't have my pass. Oh wait, I do have my passport yeah. information. I can enter it, and it's like, oh great, I can check into my flight now rather than waiting and then getting stuck in the middle seat because nobody likes that. Ugh. Yeah. No, that's good. But then, I mean, um, yeah, if you're I mean, a, a firearms owner too, you know, getting stuck without your paperwork. Well, yeah, it's always on my phone. So yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. I usually carry a copy of uh, my RPAL, um, the firearms certificate for my restricteds are on there. Uh, my club memberships on there. Um, yeah, you know, you have all of that so that if you forget your clipboard, yeah. your paperwork at home, at least you have something, right? And one thing I was yeah. uh, so this is one thing I carry on me. Um, anyway, Tommy, I'll leave the house and it, it's basically just a little pod, but it's got um, wireless, wireless buds in it. Um, and the good thing about this is obviously one, you can listen to music Two, you can listen to phone calls privately. Um, you know, with these ones, I can either have one or both of them in so I can have just one uh, to act as a phone or to listen into stuff. Um, the great thing with these two is that you can ease, use them to eavesdrop on people. So what you could do is you could put these in your ear, put your phone in one room, walk away. And what happens is that on the disability mode, um, it will, the phone, anything the phone picks up as, yeah, acts as a microphone, acts as a microphone, plays it back to you, your Bluetooth headphones that have like, you know, a 75 foot range on them. Right. So these have a, you know, a tremendous amount of use and, uh, the case itself acts as a battery bank for the, for the earbuds. So when I put the earbuds in the huh. case, it'll actually charge it. And then I can either charge the case right. with a wire or wirelessly. Anyways, I've, uh, I've been a huge, huge fan of these. Um, and I mean, I used to carry actual headphones on me and now I just, I carry these. As soon as I o open the case, they pair with my phone. I can make phone calls. I can listen to music. I can do it all day. Uh, the battery's awesome on it. Um, it yeah. same goes with AirPods. Yeah. If you've got an AirPhone or an iPhone, I'm sorry, get yeah. AirPods, obviously. If you've got a Samsung, I'd recommend going with something like the Samsung Buds, right? So I've tried cheap yeah. alternatives, you know, the $15, $20 Bluetooth headphones. They're not as good. I yeah. just get really frustrated really quickly. So to me, yeah. it's uh, some some things are worth spending the money on. And uh, I think, you know, if you're looking at oh, your yeah. pods or buds, I think that's that's the way to go. At least it's, that's been my experience. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that kind of brings me to my my last point is is quality over quantity, right? It's cool to have a giant collection of folding knives and, you know, this is my Monday knife and this is my Wednesday knife and this is my going out to the bar on Saturday night knife. But, um, you know, and I'm sure we all have our, you know, different yeah. knives for different causes and different times, but invest in quality um, is, is probably the, the big takeaway from that. You know, you can buy a lot of, you can buy a lot of $20 multiple price of a of a good leatherman but i've gone through yeah. a lot of multi-tools and i've got a, i've got a leatherman that's now pushing 20 years old and still in excellent shape yeah i would definitely agree to that and yeah just one other weird little tangent um with those like tile and, and stuff like that i actually know guys that uh, that use that to track people over a short distance and keep an eye on them oh really sure 
Yeah, because yeah. when you look when you look at it, as long as you're within like that seventy five feet or whatever yeah. your Bluetooth thing is, it shows you on a map where it is. So they've when they've ever had to follow somebody for for work and stuff like that, they'll just slip one of those in their bag and then. I was going to say, they if you can, they can, enough, right? they can, I mean, you can slip it in your pockets or anything, right? Yeah, they can they can follow them without following them. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good point. So yeah, if you happen to happen to find one in your stuff that's not yours, you should probably get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like when you look under your car and you see a GPS device, you're like, oh, I didn't put that there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's uh, that's a good point. Um, but also a great way to keep a track of your backpack and stuff like that and not just your house keys. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah, cool. especially if somebody were to walk away with, with it. I mean, if, if you just yeah. notice that it happened, you've got, you've got a margin of, you know, a margin of a yeah. to, to try to locate the backpack. Right. So, well, and some well, of, some of the, the better ones have uh, like geofencing alarm. So once it breaks that 75 feet or whatever it is and, and loses connection, your phone will start blaring at you and tell you that, you know, your bag is moving. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, yeah. I used to use that a lot with when I used to work for Blackberry. Blackberry, um, I used to have a smart card reader on me, and it was paired to my phone. And if I if I, w- I would always keep the smart card reader on me, and if I walked away from my phone within like ten feet, it would automatically lock my phone. So if I forgot to lock the phone, it would lock it. Um, so yeah, that's that's a good point about having a tile tracker um, just yeah. within the backpack itself. And if you happen to be in an area that has limited paths of egress, you can yep. stand near the exit and you can, you're, you're going to catch that bag as it comes to the door as soon as they approach you. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you don't lose the, all your cool EDC kit that you spent all this yeah, money on. A lot of those file <laughs> trackers too, you can make it, uh, have an audible alarm. I know I have one for my keys and, um, you know, on the phone, I can activate the audible alarm on the tile key itself. So if you were to approach yeah. somebody and say, Hey, you, I think you've got my stuff and they say no. And you set off the alarm, you're like, well, yeah, <laughs> I did that. Not yeah, you. I'm going to so, go ahead and disagree with you there. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to lie. I use my tile at least two or three times a week to find my damn keys <laughs> or find my phone. Yeah, you're like, Oh, I know I put them down here somewhere. It's good too. Cause if you hit the button on the tile, it'll find your phone. So if you leave yeah. one or the other, it works. Both ways. One yeah, it's one great. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Especially the new ones with the replaceable batteries. So you don't have to check the whole thing out. Yeah, that's why I first had the tile when it came out originally, and I, I got rid of it because of the fact that um, I bought yeah. it. Probably had been sitting on the shelf for a while, and the battery died pretty quick, quickly. I'm like, you know what? This is this is the garbage. garbage but, yeah. but no, I think it's called the Tile Sport. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's got the replaceable 2032, I think, which which is awesome. So yeah, yep. Yeah, there was a way to All replace right, them if you pried them open, but that's a lot of work. Yeah. I think we've we've covered a lot of ground here. I think it's time for the podcast. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So your your challenge this week, oh great listeners, is to pay attention to what you keep with you all the time. Pay attention to what you actually use, and find the gaps of things that you should ca- you should have with you and start carrying those. Let us know what you like. What is? Let us know what you discover you never use. Let us know what you discover that you didn't even know you needed. Uh, you can get that, get back that get back to us with that. Uh, Feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. I've got some upcoming events. Um, the 2019 annual preppers meet is coming up shortly in Desborough, Ontario. That's actually only in a couple of weeks, July 11th to 14th. Uh, you can get tickets at annualpreppersmeet.com. Um, 
Once again, that is a cash-only event. Make sure you take cash with you for all of the reasons that we discussed earlier tonight. Um, that will be part of your EDC for that weekend. Uh, lots of cool stuff there. Um, Eric is potentially still going to be there to do some teaching. So uh, stay tuned for more details on that, hopefully in the next episode. Uh, and then last call for the podcaster charity shoot in Drumheller, Alberta. That's coming up next weekend on July 6th. Everyone is welcome. There's a, uh, a maple seed course, and I believe it is Gavin who is teaching Stop yeah. the Bleed. Is that right, Gavin? I will yeah, be so. teaching that, yeah. I'll be there. Ian will be there. You can meet us both in person. He will if be taking my class, yeah. And that's, a, that's a cool thing. I, I did I did stop the bleed back in April, and I think that's one of those things that should be taught in school. I think it's absolutely. Know, I like, agree. Like 100, first aid and CPR. 100%. Stop the bleed is a yeah. is a hundred percent life saving stuff. It's super easy to do. So um, check. Yeah. I know our local our local hospital here, London Health Sciences Center, actually puts it on for free once a month once a month or so. Um, or they will if you've got a group of eight, they will actually come out to you, and it's all no charge. So check into that nice. with your local trauma centers, your local people, people like Gavin at Ragnarok Tactical. There are lots of places where you can get yeah, that, and I'm absolutely hammering yeah. on that. That's a great idea. Yeah, knowledge is the most important EDC. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Um, so do we have any shout outs? I see Ian has a shout out here to Vortex Optics Canada, uh, and he will explain that later. Um, so Vortex Optics, there you go. And to new listener, Mike, um, and, and a new prepper, Raphael, who he met on a face to face, which is pretty cool. Um, I have, uh, you know, a million shout outs to people that have helped me refine my gear over the year, but I, over the years, but I'm going to give a shout out to uh buck usa they make a, they make a knife that has done a lot of good for me over the years and it's good quality and was definitely not overpriced so buck usa go go team nice how about you guys um you want to shout out there yeah i guess uh, if you if you happen to be traveling in the u.s or you live in the utah area and you want to get really 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 good firearms training and learn how to shoot out to a mile um uh, talk to utah tactical coaching those guys are they know what they're doing. They've been there. They've done that. And like I said, they will get you shooting out to one mile, which is pretty freaking far. That is pretty cool. That's awesome. That's what, 5,300 5, feet some odd? Uh, 1,760 yards, I believe. is wow. the. That's insane. I, like, I can't even fathom you know, putting a sight <laughs> on something that far. But... It, it was... Uh... I felt really good when I hit that thing. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And then when I hit it, hit it again, the second time to prove that it wasn't a fluke, yeah. it felt even better. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so usually now is when we talk about emails, iTunes reviews, etc. Um, Eric and Ian are the ones who are in charge of those things. And since neither of them are here, um, we're still going to mention that one little four star and a whole bunch of five stars because y'all are awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate the feedback. The more information, the more feedback you give us about what we're doing well and what we're not doing well, uh, the more we can refine our process, refine our topics. Uh, so if you've got something you want to, you want to hear about something you want to discuss, uh, shoot us, uh, shoot us an email feedback at prepperpodcast.ca or the website www.prepperpodcast.ca um let us let us know what uh what you like what you don't and uh if you have something that you're really passionate about something you're on, uh let us know and we'll uh, we'll get you we'll get you on here this is uh this is a good time and um you know even without even without ian and eric it's uh it's it still happens so uh, i think with that it's time to bring episode uh 27 
of the Canadian Proper Pre- Pepper Canadian Prepper Podcast to an end. <laughs> you can find uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Please help us out. Give take a few minutes, submit a review. Helps other people find us. Uh, you can find us at PrepperPodcast.ca. We also record these shows live on YouTube chats. Uh, if you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. It'll give you an alert when we're going live. And you can find me directly on Instagram at PPSWO. Hughes, how do we find yep. you? Uh, you can find me at uh, hfxprepper at gmail.com, um, or I've got my own YouTube channel. Um, just search for hfxprepper on YouTube. You can you can find me on Instagram as well at urbex underscore GTA, or in person awesome. in you know Calgary or Drumheller next weekend. Next weekend, go there. Yeah. That's that's such a cool place. If I wasn't on the exact opposite side of the country, that's where I would be. You'll awesome. be there in spirit. I will definitely be there in spirit, but I will be in New Brunswick in spirits. Um, you can find Ian uh, directly at the by by email at theislandretreat at gmail.com. Uh, you can find Eric. Best place to find him is rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can find him there on the live chat. Uh, find some cool gear. He has some really cool toys on that website. So uh, and, and a lot of things that you might want to carry, carry with you every day. So check out that, rapidsurvival.com. And uh, you can find him at prep, you can get him at prepper, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Um, one quick note. We do have uh, Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirts for sale. Uh, I think Eric was wearing one last week. I was going to put mine on tonight, but uh, came to late to the party. So uh, we have a couple of colors. we got some in green. we got some in black. They are $19.95 plus shipping and the uh, mandatory government bribes. Uh, so uh, you can find those through Eric, uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. And that is about all the new stuff we have. Anything else? No, not for me. No, I think that's Final it. words from you guys? All right. Well, with that, thanks for joining us. Tune in next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel for a surprise of some kind because I won't be here and Eric and Ian have not decided what the topic is. So Awesome. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be a grab bag. <laughs> uh, until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs>